Hi, you're listening to the Sermon Podcast of Impact Church in Fredericksburg, Virginia. I'm Pastor Brandon, the church planter and lead pastor. We are a new church in the D.C. area that is centered on the gospel and sent to our neighborhoods, Northern Virginia, and the nations. Please visit our website at www.impactfxbg.church. There, you'll find our current meeting times and locations. Our prayer is that you are encouraged by the message you hear today and fall more in love with Jesus and others. Thanks for listening. Out today, all right? Hey, um, man, I am so excited. We are starting a new sermon series today called Grow With God. Everybody say grow. Everybody say with. Everybody say God. All right, we are growing with God. And so um, the reason that we're doing that is because over the course of this month, we really want to take some intentional time and talk about what does it look like for us to grow closer to God this year. And so I know that um, especially when we start off a new year, there's lots of talk, right, about all this different stuff that we want to do in the new year. And I know, man, you guys are cool. You're a cool church. And I know that there's no way any of you in this room would, would succumb to making New Year's resolutions, all right? Like, I know that's not your style. I know that's not your thing. But also know you're a very driven church. And so I'm sure that there are uh, some times, some ways, some things in your life that you do want to accomplish this year. Maybe some things you didn't quite get to last year that you're like, hey, I'm going to keep rolling with it. Maybe some new things that you're like, hey, a new year, new start. Yeah, maybe I'll try some stuff, right? Uh, maybe I'll try not doing some stuff that I did last year. In fact, some of you may be here today, and that is your goal, and that's why you're here today, is because you decided 2024 is going to be the year that you get back with God. It's not just that you're going to grow with God, but you're going to get back with God. And here's the deal. I just believe with all of my heart that the best way we grow with God, whoo, getting excited. The best way we grow with God is not through just coming to church, but actually having a relationship with God. And so you're going to hear a lot this month, not about this church, not about making sure that you come to this church, but you're going to hear a lot this month about your relationship with God and how it can be tighter and, and, and better and higher than it ever has been in your entire life. So it doesn't matter if you've been following Jesus for 50 years in this place. It doesn't matter if you've only been following Jesus for a couple of weeks, which by the way, how cool is it that we celebrated baptism on Christmas Eve? That was amazing, man. Yeah, praise God for that. That was so much fun. And I've never done a polar plunge baptism, but it was pretty cold, wasn't it, Frank? It was, it was, it was. He puts on a hard face, but it was pretty cold. And, uh, but man, so it doesn't matter if you've been following Jesus 50 years, a year, a week, or maybe you're in the house today and you're not following Jesus. You're just trying to, somebody drug you here. Maybe you're just trying to get the year started off on the right foot. And you thought, well, I went to the gym, I'll go to church, you know, and like one of those. That's okay. Man, we are so glad you're here. There's nothing wrong with that. But I want to just encourage you that we all have a next step to take in our relationship with God. You never stop growing in your relationship with God, ever. And so if you're here and you feel like, man, I know the least of anybody else in the church, you are wrong. You're wrong because we are all always growing with God. So today, here's what I want us to do. I want us to dive into God's Word, and I want us to take a look at a story in the Bible 
of one specific guy um, and some of his friends and what growing with God looked like for him. Now listen, there's going to be some parts of the story where you're going to read it and you're going to be like, hey, if this is what growing with God is like, count me out because I don't want that, all right? And I totally understand that. So hang in with the story, all right? Don't give up on it yet, but I want you to want us to read this story and talk about like, man, what did it look like for this guy and his friends to grow with God? What did that look like and what can that look like for us? And then at the end, I want to I want to make a couple of announcements. I want to share with you um, just some things that God has put on our heart this year. That if we're going to grow with God, um, that we're going to need to be about and we're going to need to do. So if you have a Bible with you this morning, go ahead and get that out. Um, uh, or if you're like, dude, I don't I don't have a Bible. Well, first of all, if you don't have a Bible, I would love to give you a Bible. And so uh, let me know or write on your response card that you would like a Bible, and I would love to hook you up with a Bible this week. Or if you brought your phone or a tablet and you want to uh, read God's Word that way, that's great. If this is your first time to church ever and you're like, phone, Bible, what? Um, there's a great app called Version. I use it every day, uh, Y-O-U version, and you can download that from the App Store and uh, hook up with a copy of God's Word, all right? The reason this is important to me, and we're even going to put it on the screen, is because the sermon time at Impact is not about us sitting back and being like, dance, clown. I wonder if this is going to be any good or not. Like, uh, you know, I wonder what this is going to be about. All right, It's not a show. You're not in a movie. You are the church today. All right. And so one of the things we do is we interact with God's word. And we do that through reading along with God's word. Um, and we do that through taking notes of God's Word, of things that God's Word says. So I want to encourage you guys to do those uh, two things today. We are, did I tell you where to turn to? No, you just got them out. All right, turn with me to the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel. It's in the Old Testament, and, uh, but it's kind of in there somewhere. So scroll or flip through or even look in your uh, table of contents. Find the book of Daniel, and we're going to start at chapter 6 today. Daniel chapter 6, one of my most favorite chapters in the Bible. I think I say that every week, but this time I really mean it. Daniel chapter 6. Now, here's what we're going to do. Um, especially if you grew up in church, you've heard some of the stories I'm about to share. If you did not grow up in church, this might be the first time you're hearing some of these stories. Buckle in, buttercup, because it is about to get crazy, all right? These are some messed up stories in the Bible, all right? But we're going to read them today, and I don't have time to unpack everything. That's what your community group leaders are for. They know way more than me anyway. Just ask them all the questions in your community group this week, all right? Um, but these are going to be some crazy stories. So if you've grown up in church and you've heard them before, I want you to listen to them um, kind of with a freshness. If you haven't heard them before, um, it'll be fresh. It'll be good. I want you to just hang in there, all right? But here's what I'm doing. We are going to start backwards in the story of Daniel, okay? We're going to start backwards, and we're going to work our way back towards the beginning because I think the story of Daniel does not start all right, or it does not end right here. I think the story of Daniel is, is, should be read this way. So here we go, Daniel chapter 6. Now, um, we're not going to read the whole chapter, but it is so good. So I just want to encourage you, um, go home. If you're like, man, I don't know what to read in my Bible. I want to read my Bible this year, but I don't know where to start or what to read. Read the book of Daniel this week, especially when you get past chapter 6. Those are some really great chapters to talk to your community group leaders about this week, all right, because they are crazy, all right? So Daniel, but we're going to start in Daniel chapter 6. Here's what's happened. Daniel, everyone say Danny. Danny. 
I, I give nicknames uh, to these characters in the Bible because they're so much fun. Um, Danny, Daniel, is, uh, he is a set of uh, one of three main officials that is helping the king oversee the kingdom. Okay? Now, what you have to understand is that Daniel uh, and God's people have been thrown into exile. In other words, they disobeyed God, they got kicked out of the land that God gave to them, and they have been taken over by a pagan kingdom. By pagan, I just mean they don't know God. All right? They got a bunch of other gods, but they don't know the one true God. And so Daniel and all of God's people kind of get sucked up into this culture and into this thing. All right, so you need to know that. Well, Daniel, because of his integrity, because of some things, he has risen all the way to the top of the kingdom. And now he is almost like a vice president. Like he is, he is one of three that is directly under the king that is helping oversee the entire kingdom for the king. Now, under Daniel were 120 other officials. Okay, uh, these are more like a king's cabinet. And, uh, and here's the thing about those 120 other officials. They hated Daniel. They hated Daniel. Now, listen, they didn't really hate all of God's people because as long as God's people were just going along with the rest of the culture, they didn't care. But Daniel had this tendency, this trend in his life to go against the culture to honor God. And they didn't, these other 120 officials, they didn't like that. So they hated him. And in fact, in chapter 6, it says they hated him because he had an excellent spirit. Um, excellent spirit doesn't mean perfect. It means he had a spirit of integrity inside of him. And they couldn't find anything since they couldn't go after Daniel to go after his God. Now, guys, that's exactly how the culture works. The culture works where if they can't get to you and they can't go after you because your life is full of integrity, then they're just going to go after the God that you serve. Um, now, uh, what they did is they convinced the king to set a new law in the kingdom so that anyone who prayed to any other god other than the king himself would be thrown into a den of lions, okay? Is this story starting to sound familiar to anyone? And so what would happen is they would say, hey, you've got to pray, and you only pray to the king. Now, this was really common because back then, emperors, kings, uh, they viewed themselves as gods. And so the people, since they didn't know the one true God, they would just worship the king. Um, and so uh, they did that, and then they told the king about Daniel. And they said, now, king, now that you've made this law, there's this guy, Daniel. You're probably aware of him because he's like right under you. Yeah, he prays to a different God. He doesn't pray to you. And the king says, oh, it's not that big of a deal. And the 120 officials say, yes, it is, because now you've made a law and you can't go against it. So the king was forced to throw Daniel into a den of lions. Okay, think cave in the ground. Um, lots of lions in it, and then they cover it up. Now, that's where we pick up the story. Daniel chapter 6, starting in verse 16. Daniel chapter 6, starting in verse 16. If you're there, say, I'm there. Amen. Awesome. Here we go. Then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. And the king declared to Daniel, may your God, whom you serve continually, deliver you. And a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and the signet of his lords, that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. Doesn't this sound like another story you might hear around Easter time about someone being thrown into dead in a tomb and rolling a stone around it and sealing it with the government's finest? Okay, well, it's probably going to end about the same way. 
Then the king went to his palace, verse 18, and spent the night. Oh, you need to underline and highlight this because we're going to come back to this. The king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions or distractions were brought to him, and sleep fled from him. I want you to see right there that because of this crazy event that happened, it didn't even happen to the king. It happened to Daniel. But the king was so messed up over it. The king was so jacked up, he couldn't sleep. He, he didn't want any distractions. He was like, nobody even mess with me. And he fasted. That means he went without food in order to talk to God. Okay, That's what that means. So this is what's happening all night. The king is going without so that he can pray and seek the Lord on behalf of Daniel. Look at verse 19. Then... At break of day, again, sound like a good story? The king arose and went in haste to the den of the lions. As he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out in a tone of anguish. The king declared to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to deliver you from the lions? Lions, lions. Thank you. Worked on it all week. Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent... That's just a typical uh, greeting, by the way. Um, We should greet one another that way. Um, Probably not. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths. And they have not harmed me because I was found blameless before him. And also before you, O king, I have done no harm. Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den. No kind of harm was found on him because he trusted in his God. So guys, I want you to take a look. This is amazing. The king fasts and prays all night, orders that no distractions come his way. The next morning, after spending the night with lions, they come, they find Daniel. Daniel is completely unharmed. God sent an angel, and I believe it was Jesus, but God sends an angel to come and sit with Daniel. And all night, that angel is just shutting the mouths of the lions. A lion wakes up and, and gets you know, hungry for a little midnight snack. They shut the, the angel shuts the mouth, like shuts the mouth. This is an amazing story. He trusts. So the question for us, when I look at this and I see that last line, because he trusted in his God. Can I just be very authentic and real with you today? I'm not usually, but I want to be today. No, I'm just kidding. It's a joke. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Guys, I don't know that I could do that. I mean, that's intense. If somebody's like, hey, Brandon, like, I'm going to throw you into the lion's den and go pray for you. I don't care if you were like, I'm going to pray and fast for you. I still probably am not going into the lion's den, okay? Like, and not that I don't love you and trust you, but I don't know sometimes that I'm like, man, do I have that type of trust in God that I'm just going to say, well, live or die, it's me and the kitty cats tonight, and let's go down there and see what happens, You know, like, I don't know, like, I want that type of faith and that trust, but that would be really, really hard. But the question for us today is, how do we get to a point where we have grown in our relationship with God, that we trust Him so much that we would spend the night in a den with hungry lions? How do we get to that point? So you may say, well, Brandon, I don't know if I'm at that point either. Well, then how do we get there? 
How do we end this year knowing, man, I wasn't there, but now I am there because I have grown with God? How do we get there? Well, Daniel didn't start there. That's not Daniel's starting point. He had to grow with God. Now, this word grow is a really hard word. It's a really hard word because growing is hard. If you're taking notes, I want you to write that down. And you go, no, Brandon, it's really obvious. No, I want to free you from false expectations that growing with God will be super easy. Because a lot of times we think growing with God means we're going to get everything we want if we just pray harder or read our Bible more. Like Almost like we can trick God if we just check the right boxes and do the right things, that there's a secret code and we just push the buttons just right, it'll unlock super God and he'll come in and give us everything we want. That is not how a relationship with God works. That's not how any relationship works. But it's certainly not how a relationship with God works. In a relationship with God, we grow. And growing is hard. When we first started this church, it was one of my favorite and least favorite stories of my life. When we first started this church, um, we moved here. We were in the middle of a pandemic. Um, I had just left the church I had started um, a few years before. I was emotionally just drained. Um, God was doing great things, and there were a lot of amazing things, but I was I was emotionally drained. I was like during COVID, a lot of people got to just like hang out at home and do fun stuff. I started another church. So uh, it was, wasn't exactly like a restful. I, I wasn't like at home restless with nothing to do. Um, we, we started a new church and, and it, it was hard. Uh, but we had something happen relationally with someone else on our team. And um, he eventually moved away. But, but it was really hard. And man, everything in me wanted to lash out in a really bad way. Like I, I wanted to just blow everything up because I was so maxed out emotionally. I was like, man, I don't know how else to handle this. And God sent, praise God, an older man who came, who had planted churches before, who had been a pastor for a long time, and he sat me down, and we were sitting down at a Cracker Barrel. Because how many of you know that's a good place to have some church, is at a Cracker Barrel, all right? And so we're, we're sitting there having some church, and he was just listening. And for an hour, I just talked and talked and talked and talked and talked and talked. And he looks at me, and he goes, is that all? And I said, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it. So, and I'm going to do this. What are you going to do? And I said, well, let me tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this. And he's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Mm, that's good. Can I have some more coffee? You know, he's doing that whole thing. I'm like, yeah, and, and you're going to help. Come on, let's go. And he looks at me and goes, mm, you're not going to do any of that. And I said, yes, I am. I said, you can't tell me what to do. And he goes, no, 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 you're right, but that's not what you're going to do. He goes, you're not going to do any of that. He goes, I said, well, then what am I going to do? Tell me what I'm going to do, oh, wise one. I'm all ears. And he goes, takes a sip of coffee, puts it down, puts his fork down, puts his napkin down, gives a head nod to the waitress, which at Cracker Barrel is universal for a good job. And then he looks at me and he goes, nothing. You're not going to do nothing. 
You're not going to do a single thing. And I said, well, that might be someone like you who's getting ready to retire and all this, but man, I'm in a war. I'm going to, and he said, no, you're not going to do anything. Well, I said, okay. So I go home. I tell my wife, she's like, are you going to listen to him? I was like, I don't know. Should I? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, (laughs) he got to her before I could. And so I said, okay. So two weeks go by. He calls me up. He says, Cracker Barrel? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> we go, we sit down. He goes, so, how you doing? I said, I hate it. And I start, da 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 for an hour. I just, da 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 And he gets done. He says, good. Yeah, you didn't do anything. That's good. And I said, no, you don't understand. And he goes, no, no, it's good. He goes, you know what you sound like? I said, what? He goes, you sound like someone who's growing. And I said, I don't like growing. And he looks at me and he says, yeah, growing is hard. And guys, I'm here to tell you, like, praise God. God did it all because God sent an older man into my life to tell me, you're not going to do anything. You're just going to hit pause and watch God work and you're going to chill out for a minute and you're going to eat some pancakes and everything's going to be okay. Because of that, I grew. I did something I didn't want to do and it made me more like Jesus. Guys, growing is hard. But Daniel didn't get to this point. He didn't start there. It's not his starting line. Let's keep, let's keep um, reading. Hey, if you're, um, if you're taking notes, write this down because we're, we're about to see this. Um, with, it was with loyal worship that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego survived the fiery furnace. Through loyal worship. We're about to read that story. So um, if you have your Bibles, flip backwards with me to Daniel chapter 3. Or scroll, go back and scroll up. Daniel chapter 3. I told you it didn't start there. So let's find out, get a little closer to where it started. Now, listen, Daniel, Danny had three friends, all right? Um, And they were also quickly rising up the ranks in Babylon. Their names were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And uh, there was a king, King Nebuchadnezzar. I call him King Nebi because I'm from Mississippi and Nebuchadnezzar is hard. And here's what happened. He made a golden statue of himself that was really big. And he wanted everyone in the kingdom to bow down and worship that statue of himself every time the horn blew. So when he looked at his servant, said, blow the horn, everyone in the kingdom was to bow down and worship this giant golden statue of King Nebi. Now, after doing this for a while, some of the officials tattled on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and it made the king furious. So, see, the punishment for not bowing down and worshiping be burned was that you would be thrown into a fiery furnace to be burned, okay? So that was, that was the punishment. Again, don't want to do a lion's den, not really into fire, and so not my thing. They'd be burned. Well, the king, being a really nice guy, calls Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego together and says, hey, you guys, come together. I don't think you heard the horn. Could it be possible you had your your headphones in or maybe noise cancellation or maybe you guys were super busy or had your hands full? Whatever the reason, I noticed you guys didn't bow down and worship. So I'm going to give you another opportunity. We're going to blow the horn just for you guys and give you guys a chance to bow down and worship this statue of me. And here's what happened. They did not. 
They did not. In fact, they reply to the king and they say, well, actually, king, our God is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace. But even if he doesn't, yeah, we're still not going to bow down. That was their answer. How crazy is that? Like, how do you get to that point of trust to go, yeah, no, the God we worship, he's totally able to shut this whole thing down. Like, he'll shut this operation down. That statue's going down. We ain't going into the fire. King Nebi, like, none of that's going to happen. But it doesn't matter. Even if he doesn't, we're not bowing. We're not, because we know who our God. Where does a type of trust like that come from? So what happens is the king gets furious. He's like, what? Like, you, like, that's, you're flexing on me? He looks at the people and he says, listen, he looks at his servant and says, go heat up the furnace 10 times hotter than it was going to be. And we're going to throw our little friends a party in the furnace. And it got so hot, more than 10 times hotter, that the servants who were throwing logs on the fire got too close to the fire and it burned them and killed them. Okay, That's how hot this fiery furnace was. Now, let's pick up, um, uh, well, I'll go ahead and tell you the rest so we can save some time, but basically what happens is they throw them in, and everybody's hanging out, and the king is just watching, and he's with rage, almost like watching them be punished, and brings him some satisfaction, and as he's watching, he notices, he's like, one, two, three, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, hey, how many people we throw into that fire? Well, three, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Hey, there's four people in there. How did that happen? They went four, and everybody started freaking out. So they go, and they go to get um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego out. And when they come out, they realize they, were, they had been bound. All the ropes were burned off, and not even a hair on their head was singed. They didn't smell like smoke. Their clothing was intact. Nothing had happened to them. All right, let's pick up Daniel chapter 3, verse 26. Daniel chapter 3, verse 26. If you're there, say, I'm there. Then Nebi came near to the door of the burning, fiery furnace. He declared, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the fire, and the satraps and the uh, prefects and the governors and the king's counselors gathered together and saw the fire had not any power over the bodies of those men. The hair of their heads was not singed, their cloaks were not harmed, and no smell of fire even came upon them. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Somebody say amen. Amen. Who has sent his angel and delivered his servants, who, oh, here it is again, trusted in him and set aside the king's command and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own god. Man. That's an amazing story. They trusted God. So the question for us is, how do we get to a point in our relationships with God that we trust Him so much that we would be thrown into a fiery furnace? How do we get there? How do we grow to that point? Well, the truth is, they didn't start there. That was not the starting point. They had to grow. Well, let me read you the last one. Write this down if you're taking notes. 
that it was with resolution that Daniel made a decision to grow with God. With resolution, Daniel made a decision to grow with God. See, the reason I want to work backwards is because a lot of times what happens is we compare our beginnings to someone else's mid midpoint. What happens is we want to compare our starting line to someone else's finish line. And that's wrong. The enemy uses that to actually hold you back. Because that is not, these amazing stories, the lion's den, the fiery furnace, that is not where Daniel and his friends started. It's not where they started. I want to show you where they started. Because listen, the starting line is not as attractive as the finish line. But you have to start there. You cannot skip and say, well, I want to be where Daniel was. But you don't start where Daniel starts. You can't be where Daniel was if you don't start where Daniel started. And so how did Daniel start? Well, he started by making a resolution. Let's read together. Flip with me now to Daniel chapter 1. We finally made it. To the beginning, Daniel chapter 1, and I just want to read verses 8 and 9. Daniel chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. If you're there, say, I'm there. <laughs> you guys sound less happy every time I ask you that. So. But Daniel resolved. Everyone say resolved. But Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food, or with the wine that he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. And God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of the eunuchs. Okay, now, here's, here's what happened. The story, the starting line, doesn't start with a lion's den or a fiery furnace the starting line was Daniel making a resolution. That's how it started. The only way that he could overcome a lion's den, the only way Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could overcome a fiery furnace was because they started with a resolution. They started with a resolution. And guys, when we, when we look at this, like Daniel, what happened was they, they were, God's people had these certain laws about things they should eat and things they could eat and couldn't eat, and they had this law. Well, now they're in the, the Babylonian kingdom, and all bets are off, man. These people eat everything, you know. They, they do whatever. They have no laws. And so Daniel is well-liked, and they're like, Daniel, we see a future for you. So they're giving him steak, they're giving him bacon, they're giving him all this stuff that's going to build him up to be this really strong warrior that's going to help them overcome all the other empires. I get some And Daniel says, actually, can I bypass the steak, and can I get some celery sticks and water? And they go, no, you're not going to grow strong by doing that. And Daniel says, well, I, my God doesn't allow me to eat those things. So I'm making a decision right now today that my relationship with God matters more than anything else around me. And so my relationship with God dictates every other decision I make. That's how it started. And he said, so if you will allow, he wasn't a jerk about it. He didn't stand, they would have just 
you know? Like he wasn't, a, he wasn't a jerk about it. He just said, if it's okay with you, come back and test me. He says, just feed me vegetables, fruits, and water for a while, and then come back and test me. And if my God is real, I'll be stronger. You know what it said? It said they did come back and test him after just eating fruits, vegetables, and water. And they found out Daniel was the strongest man in the kingdom because his God did that. Okay, listen, it started, his starting line was making a resolution that he would not disobey God, that he was going to grow with God. Now, let's be honest. Most people I talk to despise New Year's resolutions. What I've learned is that most people despise New Year's resolutions, but not necessarily resolutions. So for the sake of today's conversation, I don't care what you call them, but it is biblical to make resolutions. And listen to me, if you don't, then you are aimless. You will go anywhere and everywhere your heart's desires want to take you. And that is dangerous. So what happens is most people don't make resolutions. Or you call them something else. I don't make New Year's resolutions, but I do have some goals. I don't care what you want to call them. All right? Call them goals. Call them visions. Call them dreams. Call, make up a word. I don't care what you do with them. But you got to make a resolution. Okay? It's what Daniel did. I believe that we cannot grow with God until we have resolved that we are going to grow with God. In fact, listen to what the definition of a resolution is. Those of you who are anti-resolutions, who make fun of people for making resolutions, who hate resolutions, listen to what you hate. Can you put the definition up there? A determination to do or not to do something. Doesn't that just sound terrible? What a bunch of idiots making determinations that they're going to do something or not do something. Me? Ha, I don't determine anything. I just do whatever I want. Happy New Year. Listen, there are some dumb New Year's resolutions. There are. But it's also dumb not to make a resolution when it comes to your relationship with God. In fact, most people grow distant from God instead of growing with God because they are resolved to nothing. No commitments. No determination. Complete passivity. This is why many will never live the abundant life of Jesus. This is why many will never go on mission with God. The reason is because they don't resolve to grow with God. And they let anything else in their life take them in any other direction. We let jobs dictate our path. How many times have you talked to someone? So what brought you here? My job. Anything else? No, nope, just my job. It's where I wanted to be, or I, I got transitioned here. Now, if you're military or something like that, we're really glad you're here, and I know you didn't have a choice, but uh, well, I just appreciate it. But listen, so, so many people who do have choices, they, that's what happens. Well, I just, my job, not I follow Jesus here. Now, Jesus can use that, but Jesus should be driving the cart, 
not the job. Here, we let our money dictate our path. Can't tell you, the last church we started in Fairfax, can't tell you how many people, we hated Fredericksburg. The reason we hated Fredericksburg is because everybody from Fairfax would get to a certain point and go, yeah, we can't really afford to live here anymore, and we don't want to get a smaller place, so we're moving to Fredericksburg. We lost so many people to Fredericksburg. Now they're like in North Carolina or something. They just keep moving south. But that's what happens, is there was no direction. There was no God was leading them or the Holy Spirit was directing them. They just looked at their budget and said, we need, we need, less mo- we need more money or we need less of this. Let's move somewhere else. Think about it. We let our kids dictate our path. We can't do this. We won't do this. We shouldn't do this because of, of a human who is this big and their nap schedule. Literally, we have, let, we have let a tiny human who can't formulate a sentence yet dictate our entire lives, whether or not we will make disciples, whether or not we will obey Jesus and go on mission. We have allowed our kids to dictate our path. We, we let lust dictate our path. We swipe right, we fall in love with someone, we up and move, we go do whatever, and boom, that's it. There was no Jesus, there was no God led me, it, it was, we let our lust dictate it. We let the pains of our past dictate our path. Well, I don't, I'm not going to do that because in the past, that hurt me. That hurt me, and so I'm not going to do that. You know what? That, that's evidence of someone who hasn't grown. That's evidence of someone who won't grow. We let the pains of our past dictate our path. We let our own selfishness dictate our path. But church, listen to me. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way. He is our path. And if we don't resolve to follow him this year, then all we do is just buckle him into our car and drive Jesus around wherever our own desires and passions lead us. That's it. Buckle in, Jesus. We're headed to Florida. Buckle in, Jesus. Time for a career change. Like, like if we're not careful, instead of letting Jesus be who he is, who is the way, we say, sorry, Jesus, not going on a mission trip this year. We're doing this. Nope, oh, Jesus, put your seatbelt on. Like, that's, that's, that's what we do. But guys, it doesn't have to be that way. You can grow with God, and the best way to grow with God is to let God lead. Let Jesus lead. And it will no doubt lead you to scary places. It will no doubt lead you to places where you feel like you can't do it. And can I tell you a secret? That's where God wants you. Because that's where you grow the best. That's where the conditions for you to grow in your faith in Him and your trust in Him are at their peak. Is when you lose control and Jesus takes the lead. (laughs) I know we want to conquer lions and defeat the furnace. But first, we got to resolve to be godly. So this year, this is why we're doing this, is I want us to resolve that we will grow with God. So I want to give you guys a couple of ways that we plan to do this. And every week, we're going to give you a couple more practical ways that you can grow with God. So specifically this month, one thing the Lord has put on my heart and the elders' heart is that we, we spend some time praying this month. And we spend some time praying and 
fasting. And so what's interesting is that um, we are actually, uh, I see the slide here, January 29th through February 4th, that's the last week of the month, so we want to give you guys plenty of time to prepare, is that we are going to have a church-wide week of fasting and prayer. Now, I realize that there may be some people here who have never fasted before, and so you might be all sorts of nervous and scared and worried, um, but uh, we've got some different ways, and you're going to get some more information. You're going to be able to sign up to get more information as the weeks come ahead. Make sure you talk to Next Steps, get on our email list so that you don't miss it, um, but you'll be getting more information. But there's a thing called the Daniel Fast, and it's where, for a period of time, you only eat what Daniel ate. Fruits, vegetables, grains, and nuts, and water, and uh, black coffee. Yeah, because coffee is a bean, so beans. <laughs> listen, I'm free in Jesus, baby. You can't, I ain't none of this legalism stuff going around. Now listen, <laughs> listen, I really, I really want to encourage you to be a part. Listen, I ain't, I ain't coming to your house and like judging you and checking your fridge or whatever, um, but listen, if we want to grow closer to Jesus, then we got we to gotta be resolved to do some things. And so we fast for two reasons, all right? Um, and so I want to encourage you, uh, we fast for two reasons. Number one, we fast because we need to, okay? We need to fast. We need Jesus. Fasting makes us desperate for God to move and reminds us of our weakness in him. And guys, that's exactly what Daniel did. Daniel was reminded that it was not him, it was the Lord who was working in him. Um, and so we're reminded for that. And number two, we fast because we don't want to. Yeah. You know, um, kind of like, you know, if I just decided every day that I didn't feel like going to the gym, that I wouldn't go to the gym, it would, I would never go to the gym. There's never a day that I wake up and go, I can't wait to kill myself today. I can't wait to go to the gym and feel, you know, terrible. Like, I can't wait to limp out of that place today. Like, there's never a day I wake up and feel that way. But I wake up and go, man, if I don't resolve to do it, it won't get done. So you know what? I wake up and I pack my gym bag and I say, today I'm going to do that. And I go do that. So not every day, I want to be honest, but we do that. <laughs> so guys, listen, like, I want to encourage you. We fast because we don't want to. So if you're here today and you go, well, I don't want to do that, you're going to do it. You're halfway there. You, you're, you're the prime candidate for a fast because fasting strips you of that selfishness. It strips you of it, and it just lays you bare before the king. So fasting isn't about losing some weight. It's about becoming more desperate in our conversations with God, which means we also need to pray more this year. And so I'm going to call the worship team. You guys can go ahead and come up. But don't put your stuff away because I want to show you one more thing today. Is we want to fast more this year, but we also want to pray more this year. Now, a lot of times people go, well, isn't fasting praying? No, because sometimes the doctor tells you to fast, all right? Sometimes there's all sorts of ways, but we want fast. Is uh, we are going to be us to prayer and to intimacy with God. And so one of the things that we're doing is uh, we are going to be hosting a discipleship workshop on prayer and fasting. And we're going to do that. Um, I think we'll have a, have a slide up there, but we're going to do that in a few weeks. We're going to do it here right after church, actually right before the week of prayer and fasting. And uh, we're going to hold a workshop for two hours. You're going to get some resources. And if you're going, Brandon, I don't know how to fast. I don't know what to fast. I don't know even how to pray or what I would pray for. Come to that workshop. Okay, we're going to go through all of that and we're going to get your heart ready so that you practically understand not just that you should pray, but how to pray. 
and how to do that effectively. So we're going we're gonna to be doing that here in the new year. So I want to encourage you guys to do that. But before we, before we wrap up today, I, I wanted to encourage us, man, while we're here, I just want to ask you this question. What is God calling you to resolve this year? Go ahead, get, get all the preconceived notions and the I'm too good for resolutions out of your head. And ask yourself, I'm going to go to the lion's den, but I'm going to be the fight. And let me just, can I be honest with you? The lion's den is coming whether you want it to or not. Trials in this life are coming this year. Hard days are going to happen. The question is, will you already make the decision to follow Jesus before that happens? Because if you wait until that happens, it's, it's, it's like trying to do something in the dark. You can't see anything. You don't know where you're at. You don't know what, where the thing is, and you feel totally lost. But if you resolve now, when that happens down the road, you already know what your answer is. You already say, my God is able. But even if he doesn't, let's check it out. Let's go. Because on January 7th, I resolved that I was all into following Jesus. Because the bottom line is, you don't really want to be like Daniel. Daniel was an imperfect dude. And you keep reading the book, it gets weird. It's true, it's truth, but Daniel was an imperfect dude. You know who you want to be like? You want to be like Jesus. Because Jesus lived a perfect life, even more perfect than Daniel. And the difference is, Jesus is a better Daniel. Because Daniel went to the lion's den, but he didn't even die. Jesus went to the cross, and he died. He gave his life. Like, he laid it all out to forgive you of your sins. And he wasn't just dead for eight hours of sleep. Like, he was dead for three days. And in three days, the stone rolled away, and Jesus was alive to show that he had conquered sin. He had conquered death. That's who you want to be like. That's who you want to follow. That's who you want to resolve to. You want to resolve to the one who, when he looks at the face of death, jiggles the keys and says, I'm in charge here. That's who you want to be like this year. That's who you want to put your trust in. That's who you want to follow. So today, can we just take a moment, and I just want to lead us in a time of prayer. I just want to pray today. And no matter where you're at, no matter what may be going on this year. See, some of you may go, Brandon, the lion's den ain't coming. It's here. I already feel it. I just want to say, man, can we just start this year in prayer? So Hi, Pastor Brandon here. Thanks again for listening to our Impact Church Sermon Podcast. If God has spoken to you today or you have a prayer request you'd like to share, please email us at hello at impactfxbg.church. If you're local to the Fredericksburg area, we would love to see you for worship in person. But if not, please let us know if we can help you find a gospel-centered church right where you're at. Feel free to connect with us on Facebook or Instagram and on our website, www.impactfxbg.church. Until next time, keep living the dream.